Right on. Hello. Welcome to Marcella Alonzo's Sunday Fun Day today, the very first taping. And today I have a very good looking guest here. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, sorry. I, I, tell me if I'm uh, sexually harassing you. You can do that as much as you want. Oh, you don't mind? I welcome it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's totally fine with me. Did you do your research on me? I did a little bit of research. Uh, so I know I know that you come from the adult film world and stuff well, like no, that. Well, no, I, I never worked, did any Oh, film. you never did any, any I film? I actually never did any film. No. Okay, okay, then I didn't do yeah, my research very well. Yeah, you didn't do your research yeah. right. No, I was a stripper for many, many years. Oh, so, okay. And then I, um, what does all retired strippers do, went to IG. Yeah. Became an IG thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Model, aka... And, and just started raking in the money. Uh, not really <laughs> raking... It's a little misconception. Well, you have yeah. a very big TikTok. Do you have yeah. people like think you make more money? Because they seem to think like. Uh, I think some people think I make more money than I do, but I've just kind of started to learn how to monetize everything. Right. Because I'm uh, what a lot of people don't know about me is that I'm stand up first. I yeah. only started doing TikTok and stuff to get more people to come to the shows. Right. But everything I was doing on TikTok at the time was, it was during the pandemic when I got into TikTok. Right. It was all, uh, it was just like me talking into the camera. That's it. And you blew up. And I blew up. And it's yeah. like everyone was at home. And also like I had been working for a YouTube channel and stuff as well. Oh, so like okay. I had the skills of like, talking into the camera, reaction videos, doing that kind of stuff. But at this point, when I first started doing content on TikTok, I had been doing stand-up for like seven years. Like I already headlined tours and stuff like that, but it was all up in Canada. And then blowing up on TikTok opened up the doors for me to move to the States. So oh, okay. now all the monetization I've been trying to do has been like just teaching my audience that I am actually a stand-up and then getting them to come out to shows. Right, right, yeah. right. No, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it, uh, that gave you the work permit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you're not open to marriage. No, no, no. no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, was, I don't have my green like, card yet. You're, you're good looking, though. <laughs> like a lot of <laughs> sexually harassing you. So you grew up in Canada? I did. I grew up on the West Coast of Canada in British Columbia. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I lived there till I was like 18. And then I became a scuba diving instructor. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I got that through a course through a college because uh -huh. my parents were like, you have to go straight to university after high school. And I hate school. Like, I've always hated school. I've never been a good student. Me too. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like I don't want to sit there. For one, I don't like someone telling me what to do. Like, just like being like, you should do this. I'm like, you don't know what I, I'm going to be successful at. Right, right. Uh, and from that, I got that because my parents really pushing me like that. I had to just kind of figure it out. And so I found like the least... I guessed studious course I could find, which, which was scuba diving. And so I did this scuba diving program. I moved to Mexico with that. And so wow. by 19, I was in Mexico teaching scuba diving, lived down there for like three years. My Spanish is horrible though. Uh -huh. um, I, I won't, I'm New Yorkian, so I'm not gonna. You're not gonna <laughs> test <laughs> I'm not me? Gonna, I'm not gonna test you. <laughs> and there's some of the stuff they say is a lot different than when yeah. I first moved to the West Coast, I was telling, I'm going to the bodega, and they were like looking at me, and uh, like, what is a bodega? Like, well, yeah, what about? And I was so used to growing up, you know, yeah, yeah, saying yeah. bodega. Yeah, it's like a corner store. So yeah. some words are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then my last year in Mexico was when I started doing stand up. So I started doing stand up there for like expats and tourists, and there was like a group, a small group of guys who were doing uh, stand up gigs um for like yeah just for uh, whoever they could we're doing shows like once a week when it could happen 
I fell in love with that. And then that prompted me to move to Toronto, uh-huh. move to Toronto. And then when I moved to Toronto, I had nothing either. Cause like I was so broke kind of living as a scuba diving instructor. Right. The last year or so I stopped doing that. I started working in a call center and I had no money to move back to Canada. So what I did was I sold my scuba diving gear. I got like a few hundred bucks for it. I got ripped off, but I didn't care. I just wanted to leave. Right. I remember uh, I had this guy who was like kind of a mentor to me who really like taught me about like health and fitness and like kind of like staying focused. Um, and he told me, he's like, if this is what you want to do, I would s- you just sell all your stuff and go. And at the time I didn't realize, I was like, well, I got nothing to sell. And then when I thought came to me, the scuba diving gear I was like, I don't care what I can get for it. I'm just going to sell it and take right, off. Right, right. Uh, so I did that, sold my scuba diving gear, moved to Toronto. Um, when I got to Toronto, I had like 25 bucks left. Damn. Uh, I tried to see if I could stay in a hostel, couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a coffee shop, uh, I think it was like a Starbucks or something. I took my laptop out and I Googled Toronto homeless shelters. I found a youth shelter that was close by. I think it was like maybe 22 at the time. The cutoff for that is like 24. Right. I get there. Uh, and they're like, hey, sorry, man, uh, we don't have any beds. Like, we can feed you, but we're going to have to send you to a men's shelter, which is, like, a way worse situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can imagine. Like a what u- happened in that shelter? So I was when I was waiting there eating, uh-huh. someone, uh, someone else who was staying there showed up, but he was wasted. And they have a zero tolerance policy on any alcohol or any substance use. So he got – he was like – they're like, we can't give that guy a bed tonight. So a bed just opened up. And so I stayed there. I was there for about, like, six months. Uh, like basically I, I think I got my security guard certificate so I could just get a job quickly right. so I could start making money. But I t- had told them I moved to Toronto to do stand up. That's the right, reason right, I came right. out here. So they would let me go out at night and like break curfew to go do shows and come back. Aww. So I started like doing shows immediately when I moved right. to Toronto. Uh, and then I, um, and then like, just like slowly built up, built up, built up. Uh, eventually, I think after the first six months, I moved into like an intermediate intermediate housing kind of thing uh-huh. where you had like your own room. You could come and go as you please kind of thing, but it was still like a shelter situation. Right. I did that for about two months saving money. And then I moved into my first like comedian house, which was a house where there was three comics and one musician. And it was this like rundown piece of shit. Like <laughs> it was like, it was right downtown central Toronto if people from Toronto will know this intersection it was like King and Bathurst. It's basically like if I was going to do the equivalent in New York, I don't know. It's like, it's like where I'm living now, which is like, <laughs> like downtown in like alphabet city. Like it's like, it was right downtown, but super cheap. I was spending like, spending like, spending like 400 bucks a month Canadian to stay at this place. Wow. So, uh, it was rundown, grimy, gross, but I had a place to live and like could start doing shows, was hanging out with comics more and like slowly worked up, moved into another comic out half house after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, and then I think like three years into Toronto, uh, I did a stand up competition that led to me. Uh, becoming runner-up it was like the Sirius XM competition they do in Canada every year right. uh got runner-up in that competition would led to me doing just for laughs mm-hmm. and then just kind of kept the ball rolling with stand-up me and a couple friends put some tours together where we just cold call venues and and just like get but just basically book stuff in small um uh Canadian towns where there's like uh, there's nothing going on. So you sell tickets really easy there. And we kind of used my credits from doing Just for Laughs, which is like the biggest comedy festival you can do, um, to help uh, sell this like tour that we were makeshifting out of nowhere. And so then we started building our own tours. We had the ball rolling on that. And then COVID hit. 
And oh, yeah. So this is like buzzkill, like forever. A lot of people. huge buzzkill. Uh -huh. So at this point, I'm probably like seven years into stand up. I've like been headlining my own stuff and headlining stuff in Toronto. I'm like mm -hmm. a staple of the Toronto stand up community. Mm -hmm. COVID hits. Uh, and then I started doing TikTok. It was like December 2020. I started posting seriously on TikTok. And then that just like took off. I met my manager through that. All these doors started opening. I went through the process to get a visa, which was like 18 months to do that. Um, and then I moved here. And as soon as I got here, I was like apartment hunting for two weeks and then was immediately on the road uh, touring around. Oh, so you didn't even get to enjoy that New York apartment. No, no. Like I've been, the, I just got back. I was in Newfoundland, Canada, which is like far East Isn't Coast Canada. Isn't that the one with the different time zone? It's like a messed up time zone. They're on, yeah, Atlantic Canada time zone. It's like they're uh, an hour and a half ahead of us. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I remember something about it. It's like. They're like the only one with that time zone. I wouldn't be surprised. There's nothing else. Like it's the farthest Eastern point on the continent. Uh -huh. After that, the next thing is England. Like you, if you, once you're out into the water, it's like, there's nothing until you hit England. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing out there. It's literally one of my favorite places in the world. It's so fun. Everyone there is like, it's just like Irish English influence. Everyone there is funny. They can tell a story. Mm -hmm. They love to party and drink. Like it's a great time when you go out there. Oh, sort of uh, like Ireland. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> they have their pubs and all that. Yes, all that stuff. Uh, they got like this kind of budding restaurant scene. Uh, it's not a huge province. There's only like 550,000 people in the whole province. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not a ton of people, but it's a great time. And they are the nicest people. Oh yeah, um, Canadians are always nice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And wild and freaky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would go on vacation and uh, right away I'm like, let me hang out with that couple from Montreal. <laughs> oh, the Montreal. Oh, they're the, freaky. Dude, they're... the Montrealers are some of the freakiest people because they're all French descendants. Mm -hmm. And there's this story about Montreal. I don't know if this is true. I've said this to Montrealers and they've said it's true. But apparently how like Quebec and a lot of the people were formed there was it was kind of the same way Australia was to England where they would like put their prisoners there. Right. That was like France to Quebec. So they had all their, they would send their prisoners to Quebec. Uh -huh. uh, and then they ha obviously had to send like military and stuff to guard the prisoners. And then the king of France at the time, I don't know what year this was, but if there's a king still, uh, he was like, well, I got to keep these people happy. So what do I do? So he went to all the brothels in France and oh. got the m most beautiful women. So it's, it's hereditary. That's yes. why. <laughs> yeah. He it's sent hereditary. them down there. Yeah. So everyone's descendant is like a criminal or a prostitute. And so you're... There, there's a woman that I've always followed, Bianca, I forgot her. I don't know her name, last name, but she's a redhead. And she's famous for latex. And she's from Montreal. Yeah. Like they literally have like, I kind of like I'm jealous because, you know, like here America's like closed off and I have to be so careful and everything. Yeah. But... Yeah, they're pretty. I they're, think the, yeah, the latex fe uh, festival or some other stuff like yeah. Yes. Oh, also a uh, sex worker. I think I was supposed to say. I don't know which camera I'm looking into, uh -huh. but I think we're supposed to say sex worker. We're not supposed to say prostitute. Sorry. Oh, it's it's fine. Okay, I, I'm just trying I, to. I, say, I always say we're all under the same umbrella. Yeah. Like everybody. That's why it's like an umbrella of sex work, and everybody does something different. Yeah. So I just admire Canada because it's way more open than. Uh, the U.S. where yeah I think there's a stronger religious 
influence in the states for yes. sure like oh, the yes, churches yes. billboards all that kind of stuff where you yeah. see like jesus saves that kind of those kind of things that doesn't exist as strong in canada oh, wow. like in alberta you'll kind of see it mm -hmm. but the rest of canada like i never saw like religious influence stuff outside of like people standing on street corners handing out pamphlets which has always been like that's always been one of my like most a desired fantasies is to like seduce one of those like pretty girls who's like handing out religious <laughs> doctrines to like uh, into like this sexual relationship because she's like going against god i think it's like super oh odd. they're the freakiest yeah, yeah they're yeah, the yeah. easiest to get oh are they the, the easiest the, the easiest yeah don't you know women by now like, <laughs> <laughs> the i really ones don't. are more reserved it's like uh ones that are seasoned like me we we catch it i kind of just float through life uh, and have been lucky enough that I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm not the hottest guy in the world, but I'm not uh, I'm not the ugliest guy. And as women kind of float towards me, and then I bump into them, and that's kind of my pickup strategy. I've never been like I don't have skills or suave moves. Or game. I call it game. I, yeah, my game. You, you feel like you don't have game. Oh no no no! I like well, I'll approach women and talk to them, and uh -huh. sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. But I don't have like a move or a thing. I have one move. Uh -huh. That my buddy t uh, <laughs> passed on to me because I used to if um if like you know you're talking to a girl it's like when do you how do you go in for a kiss I used to say are you thinking about kissing me what? which and then a girl goes like oh maybe she gets kind of flustered or mm -hmm. she goes like oh you one girl said you're reading my mind I used to do that mm -hmm. but now one that my buddy told me that he does which is like I think it's funnier and I think it's less like I don't threatening isn't the right word but it's just more jovial is uh, you're just like kind of both sitting there and you wait for like kind of a lull in the conversation. You go like, so you want to make out? <laughs> that one I love. That's cute. That's cute. It's super cute. And it's also asking for consent. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, consent's like. It's very important. It's hard. So what do you think so far about New York City? Tell me. Uh, I'm really liking it. Mm -hmm. The first adjustment was tough mm -hmm. uh, because I loved Toronto. Toronto was like. I became who I am as a human in Toronto. Like my early 20s in Mexico and like traveling around and stuff, I was like emotionally damaged and right. afraid and insecure and all these Finding things. Finding yourself. Finding yourself and right. like you're a kid and you don't really know how you should be and you're influenced from all the things around you. You're not comfortable enough with yourself to like follow your heart and your your mind and who you should be. You're, you're uh, conforming in a lot of ways out of fear. Right. Uh, and... In Toronto, I got to like work through a lot of those things. And my career took off in Toronto. And I made some of the best friends I'll have in my whole life in Toronto. Uh, and so it really was like the greatest place I've ever lived. And my mindset has always been moved to New York since I started doing stand-up. Because mm -hmm. that's if you want to really Expand do stand-up, right. go to New York City. It's the best place to do stand-up in the world. Yes. So I thought I was going to come here and it's going to it was going to be like not even it was going to be even better than I felt in uh, Toronto. Toronto. But I got here and it's like the the vibe is very different, mm -hmm. very rushed. Um, and people don't give a shit about you. Like you're walking past someone on the street. You like you're ordering coffee. Yeah, not every single person, but you ask a question to someone, they roll their eyes like you kind of got to be like a little bit rougher around the edges. Mm -hmm. And also I got here and I didn't know anyone like I knew a couple comics from Toronto, but that's it. So I have to like rebuild a friend circle. So the first transition and I was on the road and everything. Right. So it was a hard transition at first, but the last few weeks being back, I'm really starting to feel myself 
get attached to the city. I'm starting to get a lot more spots. I'm getting in with a lot more comedy clubs. So I think it'll take a year or two before I'm in like a solid groove and I have all the pieces in place, but it's getting a lot better. And when I moved here, it was the middle of the summer and I didn't realize that your guys' summer is like brutal. (laughs) It's like hot. it's so hot, like three showers a day hot. Like oh you're yeah, yeah, it's ever, disgusting. Disgusting. You're sweating, yeah. and there's garbage everywhere, and <laughs> the piss you can smell, like the piss off the streets. The subways where you're sweating, and the yes, and it comes like I remember uh, in May when the weather changed. I wasn't even prepared, and I was going to a podcast, and I came, and my face was all sweaty and yeah. shiny and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, and then now it hits. Yeah, where it's cold, it's the opposite. But you've got to look at the. You got to look at your the weather every morning, oh, yeah. but then plan accordingly to, to, to everything else that'll happen. That how it might change and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like right now, like not today is like kind of mild, but the past two days, it was like randomly 20 degrees and we're like in the middle of October. Like it got super hot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was another factor that kind of threw me off in my adjustment to New York. But now I'm really really starting to love it. I feel like I'm getting in a groove and, and stuff. And what places have you been performing while you've been here? So I've been bouncing around all mm-hmm. over. I've been at Brooklyn Comedy Club a lot. They've been giving me tons of stage time and I'm super grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I've been able to do a few shows at The Stand on some independent produced shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, where else has been putting me up? I've popped in at New York Comedy Club. Uh, there's an, oh yeah, uh, Stand Up New York was the first club that was put me on their roster. Okay. Uh, and so they've been giving me really good stage time um and where else uh there's more eastville has been giving me a little bit of stage time and uh oh the grizzly pear the grizzly pear oh where's that at it's in uh the west village on uh mcdougall oh isn't that the one with the barbecue or something i don't know if they have a barbecue or something i saw I, uh, I I I'm not sure. I affiliate the the comedy shows with the restaurants nearby. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's uh it's close to a Doan Air place. It's actually close to the cellar. It's close to the cellar oh, and okay. uh, Greenwich Village. Um, but uh, but yeah, the the pair has been giving me tons of stage time, and they're opening up a new location, and they're like, we'll give you a bunch of spots there too. So those are like, yeah, I would say Brooklyn, the pair, Stand Up New York. Um, uh, the stand here, here and there. Oh, and uh, the comedy shop too. So, like, I've been I've been getting right, around right. quite a bit. So now that you're touring the U.S., have you found a favorite U.S. city city that you like, or no, or anything interesting it's, in any of these cities? Like, popped into anything? It's been all one nighters. Uh-huh. Uh, so I haven't got the opportunity to really like dig in. I'm gonna start doing weekends. I actually have my first few weekends booked. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, I haven't really got the opportunity to dig into the a lot of these places I went, but Tampa Bay really stood out to me. That's where I started dancing. Oh, really? <laughs> it's apparently the best like strip club city in yeah, the world. Yeah, so um, I worked at a club. That The club I started working at was Mons Venus, and mm. then across the street is a club called 2001. Okay. And I used to get the guys. 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. And that's it's a spaceship they, in yes, it. Yes, yes. That's their VIP room. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that is, why do you like Tampa so much? Uh, because. What, oh, is it a strip club? No, or? <laughs> I, I actually didn't go to any of the strip clubs. What a shame. But, like <laughs> uh, Normally, I'd actually. Well, they don't allow liquor, but you can sneak. Oh, really? They don't. Well, you can't. You can't drink in the strip club. You can't because they're full nude. That's very that because it's full nude. You can't have full nude and booze. They do have places where liquor, but to me, they're not as fun. But what you do is you. I'm telling people advice: (laughs) you stick those little bottles, or you get a flask, and that's how. And that's how you bring booze in. I think it's a great deal, though. That is, yeah, yeah. 
when that's when clubs started i felt like messing up when they started with a bottle service yeah, yeah like yeah. that's no fun like yeah. you're coming there to see the to see the girls to yeah. see the girls and maybe have a drink or two yeah, you don't yeah. need a bottle yeah yeah mm, yeah no no the bottle service is a little too much it's too much and i felt like that was the and time also people are gonna get sloppy drunk if you got yeah, a bottle. yeah yeah but it was about the clubs making money and yeah. they took that away so Back to Tampa. What is it about Tampa that you like other than the strip clubs that so, you didn't go to? <laughs> Most of the time, um, comedy clubs are kind of on like the outskirts of a city. Right. Uh, and you're kind of in sort of the suburbs or something. So mm -hmm. you're not really in the downtown. The uh, uh, Tampa Bay Improv is in this area called the Ebor. Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like all old architecture. There's like trolley cars going through. There's like wild roosters running around. It was just cool. It was cool as shit. Like mm -hmm. it felt, it felt like it had so much personality. The building we performed in, I think he said it was like two or 300 years old and had been doing like plays and shows forever. He gave me this whole rundown about it. It had like those Abraham Lincoln booths like up in the corner. Like it was just a cool ass venue. And I love Floridians. Floridians feel similar to the uh, the Newfoundlanders mm -hmm. where they're like, if you, there's this baseline of everyone wants to have a good time. And that's yeah. just the vibe. It's like, hey, you, like the, people's focus is fun first, which I really like in a group of people because that's how I am. Yeah, yeah. No, in Florida, I grew up there. There was a lot of uh, Canadians that would go through. Yeah. We, and, yeah, we like the warm. Yeah, like the warm. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of them do retire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I could see that how uh, the two mix and how you enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. Was it hot then? It or? was brutal. Yeah, I was there in August. Oh, that's the I thing. Think. Like, it's yeah. too hot that I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, it was yeah. really warm, but I'm going to go back to Florida in November. Yeah, my first weekend. Should I plug? Should I plug right now? Yes, yes. yes do my plug plugs. It, plug it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be, I got my uh, show at the Gramancy Theater in New York City, November 10th. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be in jacksonville florida november 25th and 26th i'm going to be in west palm beach florida november 27th i'm going to be in milwaukee on uh december 7th i'm going to be in chicago uh december 9th and 10th I, and i'm going to be in san antonio texas on november or december um december 16th 17th and 18th or you can get all the tickets at chaderania.com or through my link in bio and any of my social platforms <laughs> Nice. So what are your plans other than touring? What else do you want to do with your comedy and your big TikTok presence or your social media? So what do you have planned? Stand up is always like the kind of the crown jewel of everything. It's right. the it's what got me into all of this. The only reason I started making TikToks and started doing all these other social platforms push. is just to get more butts and seats. Right. I love stand up and it's the thing I'm the best at. Yeah. Like People come to the shows and they're like, I didn't know what to expect. That that was amazing. I'm like, yeah, because I, I actually believe I can be great at this. Like I'm, yeah. I'm working and I'll get there eventually. But the show I'm putting on now is a fucking great show. Or we were five minutes in, eh? I can say fuck now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we way past five minutes. Okay. So you're good. Okay. Now we could talk dirty. <laughs> we don't have to worry now. We could talk dirty. Don't worry about it. Uh, but the other things I kind of want to move people towards, it's like I've, I'm a huge gaming nerd. Uh -huh. um, I've been playing video games since before I can remember. Um, and so like I've been doing a lot of gaming content I, uh, on uh, Twitch and on my TikTok. Uh -huh. I stream my gaming to those platforms and my YouTube as well. Um, so, uh, that is something I've always kind of been giving attention to and want to grow in that space and do more gaming content just because I legitimately love it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start doing stand up so I could have like a grinding, grueling job. I also right. love really doing voice work. I would like to write. Yeah, you have a very nice voice. Thank I you. I appreciate it. that. Yeah. Um, I would like to do, uh, 
I think write stuff and create stuff. Uh, I, acting, I'm not. I love doing like character work. Right. Like if they're like, oh, you're like being in an ensemble movie or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think would be super fun. Um, but just like the main guy in like a series, like like that's too much. It's grueling, man. Yeah. No. No. Like it's like twelve hour days. You're on set all day. It's yeah. like it's just like the. I, the way I look at it is like the ratio fun to work with stand up is so much more fun to how much work mm -hmm. it feels like where acting is so much more work to where it you're is, having yeah. fun. I have my side card. So yeah. one of the things that I got out of dancing actually from my space, that's how long ago. And I got my side card, but yeah. I've spent my days on sets and yeah. it's no fun. It's, yeah, yeah. You're like, eh, get me out of oh, here it's, afterwards. So yeah. yeah. It's a long, yeah. long grueling process. So I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, guest star. Yeah, but, it's but that's not great. lead. Oh, you'll be happy. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm in the same boat. And I just don't want anything to take away from stand up too much. So right. anything I feed into, my like little secret passion is uh, reality TV. I oh, fucking it is. love like dating shows. Oh, you I do. Oh, I love reality dating shows. Oh, I would love to see you in one. Oh, I like the thing is like I don't know if I would be on one, but uh -huh. I would love to make one or host one. I think that would be great. Uh -huh. But like being a contestant or whatever they, they're called on dating shows on one, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. Even though, uh, have you ever seen Are You The One? I, I saw, I think, a clip of it from your TikTok. Oh, yeah, probably. Where they, when the guy was like, oh, can I get a... Oh, no, that was the, that was the button. That the, was a button. That the, was a different oh, one. Oh, yeah, the button was like, oh, that's a great one, too. Uh, that's one on the cut. Uh, but that's like a yeah YouTube one. Like the Are You the Ones? This one where they have like ten guys and ten girls, uh -huh. and everyone has a perfect match, but you don't know who your perfect match is. Uh -huh. So you and if everyone matches up perfectly, they win a million dollars. So if you'll have people who like make a connection, but then they go in this thing called the truth booth to see if they're actually a perfect match, and then they're not. So they have to try and fuck other people in the house, or well, so they're, they, they're like it's like they're shaking up a dice, yeah. for the people and fucking up their game Ex before they could get any. Exactly, but then you have these people who like each other who uh -huh. are now forced to try and make a connection with someone else, even though they like this other person, because if they don't, they don't get the money. So anything that pits money against love, I think, is the best formula oh, for yeah, dating that's reality that's what, like uh too hot to handle is another perfect example oh okay so i think yeah somewhere once all the pieces are in place and i have like time and i'm like i want to work on a new project i might try and make a reality dating show yeah, that's good yeah. yeah no i like producing so yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun you have control yeah I absolutely see you as a host too maybe we'll see yeah we'll who knows what happens down the road yes yeah. yes so can you tell my guests we're running um up to time mm -hmm. um tell them where they can find you at all your social medias all my social platforms are che Arena. that's c-h-e-d-u-r-e-n-a on everything youtube uh tiktok instagram twitter uh my gaming stuff is all little dinky news little, little dinky, dinky news, news. yes <laughs> how did you get that name me and my because I, uh, I stream with my buddy cameron mm -hmm. uh cameron phoenix hilarious comedian um, he, uh, we wanted, uh, we didn't want it to just be Shade Arena branded stuff because we started it from scratch together. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of riffed titles and then came up with Little Dinky News. And then we're like, let's do that. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for this Sunday fun day. Please follow my guests and don't forget to hit, uh, click on subscribe. Bye.